We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. With me is TJ Inman and Matt Weaver from Peaks.com. We have a lot of news to cover, some good news, some bad news, um, some discouraging news all around. Um, we touch it all uh, today, but first we have a word from our uh, friends over at Bet Online. Uh, so sports begin uh, are beginning to return. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. With UFC, NASCAR, Formula One, and the EPL in full swing, there's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL Madden games, NBA 2K, and UFC happening every day for you to watch and wager on as well. Uh, as the NBA, NBA, as the MLB, NBA, and NFL nearer return, Bet Online has futures futures odds on everything you can imagine: season win totals, uh, division odds, championship odds, and more. Make sure to visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device to join now and receive your new welcome bonus. All right, so. Let's get into things. News this week. The good news uh, for IU is Tyler Mullen was named to the Bednarik uh, Award watch list. That's a huge honor, especially as a true sophomore. He's one of 11 sophomores on that list. Uh, so that's, that's a big deal. I know people don't get worked up about watch lists, but it is, hey, it's 2020 and it's some good news. So let's, uh, let's throw a party on it. Um, Anyway, the other news that came out, the Big Ten on Thursday announced that they were going conference-only games, which means Indiana loses games against Ball State, Western Kentucky, and UConn, three games that should have been wins, uh, and it looks like they'll pick up another conference game and go to 10 games. It's all out of safety uh, for the players and coaches and people in the athletic department. We'll see if we actually have a season and uh, – and, what happens with the schedule right now with those three games wiped out it, Indiana opens at Wisconsin September 4th. It doesn't play another game uh, until October 12th, the homecoming matchup, I believe against um, or October 10th against, against Maryland. Uh, so there's going to be finagling with the schedule. It's coming. We don't know the details, uh, but let's bring in Matt and TJ. We'll start off with TJ. TJ, how are you feeling? Are you, sinking with the ship or are we feeling a little bit more optimistic than we were last week? Oh, I'd say probably just about the same level of uh, optimism, which is low. Um, low optimism because the numbers continue to surge around the country. Uh, at this point, it really does feel um, not a – for me, the question now comes to – not whether or not we're going to have a college football season, but kind of whether we should 
have a college football season, whether I even want one uh, in this form. Um, I, I, if we got 10 games, I would be beyond ecstatic at this point, but I, I really don't see that being a feasible uh, or realistic notion uh, at this point in time. I, I think the Big Ten has taken the only step they could take right now uh, and it, it gets you where everybody is on kind of level footing. You can guarantee more or less that you have the same testing protocols with each of your opponents. Uh, so I think that that's a necessary step, but, you know, I, I just don't know if, uh, if come say the second week of August, a month from now, uh, if, if we'll be looking at any season at all, uh, my optimism regarding that would be below. I, I'm hopeful that some games can get played or uh, that we can, you know, begin discussing a, a spring schedule. But right now, um, I've got to say that I, I don't envision anything remotely resembling a college football season happening uh, in September. Yeah, Matt, we've had lots of discussions on this as well. What are your feelings on, on this whole situation and then the impact of losing those three games, which should have been three wins, uh, and then if you look at a 10-game conference schedule, you know, do people look at a 5-5 five and five season the same way that an 8-4 and four season might have been? Um, well, I mean, I'm with TJ where, you know, I'm still – I guess I'm cautiously optimistic, but definitely concerned because of what you – the trend you're seeing across the country – um, you know, uh, as far as the virus numbers going back up and going in the wrong direction. Um, but, you know, hopefully it turns around. Um, you know, it's not looking great. Um, and, you know, my, uh, my, you know, hopefulness for a, a fall college football season, you know, this kind of feels like when they, you know, uh, stopped the big the conference tournaments in college basketball in March and said, well, we're still going to do the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, however long, wait, a week later, whatever it was, that was then canceled. I'm not saying it's going to be that time, but it just feels like it's kind of snowballing to that yeah. kind of same outcome. And hopefully it's not, but not trying to be, a, you know, a, a negative nilly here, but that's kind of how it feels. As far as the impact of losing the, the uh, non-conference game, but obviously, like you said, those are – you know, there, Western Kentucky wasn't going to be an easy one. I think it was a game Indiana would win, but it was not going to be an easy game, um, especially if you didn't come out to play. Connecticut, obviously, is not very good. And then Ball State's a game, obviously, where another game where it would be a little bit of a test. They, they gave Indiana a good battle last year. Um, but it was three games that you felt pretty good about um, and then get you halfway to bowl eligibility. Um, you know, five and five, I guess it depends on who your 10th game is, part of it. But, you know, if you go – and the other thing is – uh, I don't know if you saw this. Adam Rittenberg reported that if they do play the 10, they are able to play the schedule. They're going to front load the game. So, Indiana, I don't think, would start at Wisconsin. I think they would start with all Eastern Division opponents for the first five weeks and then and then move on to the Western Division opponents. So, that would change things. And if you go, like, whatever, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, back-to-back-to-back, well, that's, that's brutal. That's tough. So, I guess a lot of it would depend on how the schedule plays out for you. What's the order of the games and when do you play them? So, but I mean, if you went five and five, you know, maybe six and four, to me, that's that's a pretty good season considering the competition that Indiana would have to go against this year. Yeah, and we'll we'll keep an eye on you know whether schedules. It's getting to that time where where decisions have to be be made. It's 
you know, this this would be, I think, the week coming up would be the week we were at media days and, and getting fall camp started and things like that. So decisions are going to be made. I agree with you, Matt. It kind of feels like it did in March where you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, you know, it it, it comes down to, you know, all right, there's a there's a billions of dollars at stake in terms of athletic departments but are we really going to put a money label on the lives of the staffs and players and, and student athletes and stuff like that? So, and being a teacher in Indianapolis, it's the same thing. I get it. I understand that people are sick of their kids in the house and you need to teach in person and, and things like that. But at, at what cost of, of life is that going to be like? So, you know, maybe, Maybe um, maybe they, they punt until September. Maybe they punt until the spring, uh, and we'll see. But, you know, you saw Stanford cut 11 sports, and those are the sports that Stanford are, is known for, like rowing, swimming, synchronized swimming, diving. Like, those are Stanford's staple sports, um, <clears throat> and they cut all of them. Uh, hopefully they just make them a varsity or a, a club sport and move it back up to varsity once all this stuff flows through. I'd feel a lot more comfortable if something other than soccer has come back. Um, you know, we're seeing baseball's trying to come back. Basketball's close to coming back. Hockey's close to coming back. Although hockey's being played in Canada um, and their restrictions have been a lot different. They've handled it a lot better than we have and things like that. So I'd feel a lot more comfortable if sports, if something came back and then we could see. But right now it's, you know, everybody's getting their hopes up one day and down the next. Uh, as far as the high school impact, Matt, you know, what happens to guys, and we'll start with high school and then, then move on to college, <clears throat> they miss their senior seasons. How does this affect their recruiting? Um, you know, guys haven't been able to get on campus yet. And a lot of those guys, you know, those juniors who are now becoming seniors like to take those summer visits. How, how big of an impact is this going to be not only for IU, but every single high school student looking to play ball at the next level? Well, I think the, the biggest impact for guys that schools like Indiana, other big 10 schools have offered and are recruiting heavily, not playing obviously is not great, but as far as the recruiting, it's probably not going to be a huge impact just because those guys already have offers and they have those options. Where it hurts is, is the guys who maybe didn't have a bunch of offers. Um, uh, you know, Carson, uh, Carson, I think it's Carson Steele from Center Grove would be a good example. Got hurt last year, has put up big numbers, but really needed, you know, this fall was going to be big for him. He's gotten a few like smaller school, one double A, like Indiana State top offers. That kind of kid who needed, um, who needs that senior season to get eyes on him, to get more recognition, to get more, you know, uh, kind of uh, recruiting attention. Um, those are the guys that are going to be hurt. Guys that are kind of late bloomers that have maybe a few offers or they're kind of on the, uh, you know, coaches know about them, but they haven't, they haven't, um, you know, seen enough yet to, to extend an offer. Those guys really, you know, it's going to be a tough deal if they can't play for them because those are the guys that are going to miss out on, on some real opportunities. Um, you know, the really the higher profile recruits, you know, rightly or wrongly, they're probably going to be okay. But it's those guys that are kind of down a little bit that, you know, and there's been guys from Indiana that they've offered after seeing to play three or four games. And not just in this state, but across the country. 
And those guys who are kind of waiting to show coaches what they can do, um, you know, that's – it's going to be – it's a blow. There's just no other way to put it. It's really going to hurt them. And they don't have any other avenue to try to showcase their talent. Um, and most likely they're, they're going to have to go down a level, I guess, or maybe take a walk-on offer and see if they can get a scholarship down the road. Other than that, it's they're, they're, the, the doors kind of got get shut on them as far as recruiting goes, you know, in the traditional sense of getting an offer. And then as far as, let's say, they move – either cancel the season or move it to spring uh, just like they did with spring sports and offer the seniors another year of eligibility. What has to happen for scholarship numbers? You know, I think IU graduates somewhere between 10 and 12, 12 guys and things like that. Um, but how about those schools where they, they, they had, they could have 20 seniors coming back and, and things like that and have to go from 85 scholarships to maybe 100, 100 scholarships and, and things like that. How big of an impact is that going to have? Well, that's a great question because, like, yeah, there's some schools that already have, like, 20 commitments, and I'm guessing sure. they probably are going to expecting 20 seniors. Now, maybe those schools have a couple guys that are good enough to go pro, but more than likely a lot of those guys would could come back and would come back. I mean, you look at Indiana – what number do you put it at? Like, um, is it, do you go back to 105 like it used to be, you know, years ago? I mean, is, I don't understand. Is it, is it different for every school? Or is, I mean, I would think you just make it a flat number because that wouldn't be fair if one school gets 110 and one school gets 98 or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how you do that. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting question because what are you going to do? Are you going to tell some seniors? I mean, like a Watt Fillier in Indiana's case or Peyton Hendershot or Caleb Jones, these are guys that have NFL futures. Um, but probably have not done enough to – I mean, like in Wild's case, if he had done enough, he probably would have gone pro already. So they need that another year of play. So they would have to – if let's say they don't have a season at all, there's no spring season, he'll get a fifth year. You know, these other guys would get an extra year. But what do you do with the, the freshmen that you recruited and offered scholarship to and take the commitments from who are supposed to be taking their spots come 2021? It's a, it's a dilemma. I, it's a real – I mean, it's going to be a minefield for the NCAA to work through. Definitely. Uh, TJ, any questions? Well, I must say, I, I have minefield for the NCAA to work with. I'm not particularly confident uh, in their ability to navigate that minefield uh, all that well uh, so far. And I understand that there are certainly limitations to what they can, they can do. But uh, as far as stepping forward and showing any type of leadership through this, uh, the NCAA has been very noticeably absent uh, and have largely much like the federal government just kind of put their hands up and say, well, you guys deal with it. You're good. Uh, frustrating to that end. I know they don't have the, have the power to make the decisions for the institutions. Uh, they're not, that's not their role. I get that, but um, I would love to see some type of leadership from uh, the governing body of the NCAA. Um, that being said, Matt, my question would be, what do you think the, and this is impossible to, to really know, but uh, how do you view this impacting college football? Let's make the assumption that no power conferences will play any non-conference games, uh, but that we do get at least conference seasons. Let's make that leap. And given that, what impact do you think this is going to have on 
the smaller schools. Let's take a Western Kentucky and a Ball State, uh, a team from the MAC and a, a team from, you know, for Western Kentucky from Conference USA. Uh, what impact do you view not having those buy games, if you will, those those paychecks having on those athletic programs and those football programs moving forward. Uh, do you think it's a case where we're going to see quite a few uh, kind of lower FBS level just not be able to continue with football? Well, I would think schools like Western Kentucky and Ball State would continue with football, but I think their athletic programs, obviously, I mean, look at Stanford. Uh, Sammy mentioned it. They cut 11 sports. Um, and they're in the Pac-12. They got, they've got, you know, maybe not the kind of money that you have in the Big Ten or the, the SEC, but they're still getting good television money, and they cut 11 sports. A Ball State, a Western Kentucky, you know, I, they're probably going to have to strip it down as much as they can and still keep their main, you know, revenue sports. But like some of the, the really smaller schools, I mean, I'm trying to take something offhand, but, you know, the ones that are even kind of below that, the lower level, you know, they may be in trouble. Um, you wonder about some of the FCS programs. Are they going to be able to? Are they going to be able to continue? Um, we've seen a couple um, at, the, at that level shut down football in the last couple of years. Not a lot, but I think like Jackson, like Jacksonville or something down in Florida is in one double A. They shut their program down. So is that going to happen because of this? Because you know, they're, it's just it's just such a um, a blow financially to these schools. So you know, these these. Uh, there's a, a story in the star about well, Indiana and these other schools have to pay because they broke contracts. Does this count as the kind of language that they can get out of? I, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. You know, they would have to pay $750,000, I think, to a couple of schools if they're held that they, they still have to pay. So it's a pretty big chunk of money for Indiana when you're losing a bunch, obviously, with what's going on. But it's a tough deal. It's tough for those smaller schools. I understand why the Big Ten did it. Um, I think it's right. You have to protect your own interests. It seems kind of cold-hearted, but the bottom line is, you know, not only do you have to make sure all this testing and everything's the same, everybody's on the same page. If there has to be some kind of a stoppage in play, if you get the season started, um, everybody can kind of navigate it together. Whereas if you have non-conference games, it's really tough to do that. But it, also, I, I would have to imagine that, you know, some of this is to protect their, the Big Ten's interests so that they can try to have some kind of a season. And mm -hmm. if you play, play non-conference games and uh, a non-conference team gets a bunch of players sick on one Big Ten team, they, gotta, they can't play for two or three weeks, then you've just – it's really – it wrecks everything and it makes it tougher to do. I think it's going to be tough, like you said, anyways. But this at least gives you a fighting chance to have a season. Yeah. Um, and let's uh, get another word in from our uh, partners over at Bet Online and Manscaped. Uh, again, sports are beginning to slowly come back uh, with UFC, NASCAR, Formula One, and the EPL in full swing. There's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. Uh, if you need more, Bet Online does have simulated Madden games, NBA 2K, and UFC happening every day uh, for you to watch and wager on. Uh, MLB, NBA, and NFL also have future bets available to uh, put money on as well. Season win totals, division odds, championship odds. Uh, make sure you visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device to join now and receive your new welcome bonus. As far as Manscaped, if you have trouble uh, with nicks and cuts, you don't have the right equipment for Manscaping, head over to manscaped.com, use the promo code 
armchair and you get 20% off plus free shipping on your first order. So your body will thank you. All right, Matt, let's get into some recruiting talk. Uh, IU had a little bit of a run there. Um, I forgot what <clears throat> month it was in June, uh, but who knows um, what's next? Who's, who's going to pop next? Uh, Josh sales. Um, he, he put his date at, at August 1st uh, and things like that. Who's, who's in the pipeline coming down, down the highway? <clears throat> well, you mentioned Josh sales. Yeah. He uh, tweeted recently that August 1st is when he's going to make his announcement. Um, Maurice Freeman, the safety out of Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, he is also going to announce on August 1st. Um, so those are two top targets, two guys that I like I use chances with. And, and it could be it could be a big day, the uh, first day of August for, for the IU football program and, and getting two guys that really feel a need, two really talented players. And obviously, Josh Sales being the O-tackle, so hard to find those guys. Um, and, you know, if they could get him and, you know, obviously he's, I think he's down to, uh, I want to say Purdue and maybe like Arizona state recently came out as a like top three or four. So, um, you know, it'd be a chance to beat your in-state rival and, and to keep a talented player in Bloomington. And then Maurice Freeman's a, just a really physical, athletic, explosive DB, um, could play safety, could play Husky, may even grow into a stinger linebacker, but, you know, he's the kind of guy that could come in and in a, in a year or two really be a big impactful guy on your defense. And you've already got Aubrey Burks there at safety and then Larry Smith at corner. So doing a nice job, you know, addressing the secondary. And, and um, you know, hopefully they get a double dose of good news here in a few weeks. Awesome. Anybody else there, are they looking at um, heading into the fall or um, – because this would be commit 11 and 12, right? Correct, correct. Or is it more play it by ear and, and see what it, what happens? I think it's more play it by ear. There could be some other guys. I mean, you know, guys um, say they're going to announce, they're going to put off. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think as we get closer, if there is, I mean, if, you know, I, high school football is looking really, really iffy. But if guys, if it looks like there could be a season for some guys and they want to get it over with, then maybe they get it over with. You know, Max Merrill, an old lineman out of Texas, is another guy they like, and I think he's a guy that could commit, um, you know, uh, before the season. I, he's not get you know, so that they have message with him a little bit, um, not giving any indication that he could, but he's a guy that I think could be could be uh, someone who, who commits. Um, DN-wise, Garen Stansberry out of Louisiana, a guy that's one of their top DN uh, targets right now. He's told me that he would like to do it, you know, in August, you know, if he has a season before the season starts. Cole Nelson from out of Georgia, another DN target. It's a guy that could, you know, you could see him pop. So it, these are all kind of – I'm not – these aren't written in stone. These are just guys that if I had to guess, gun to my head pick, other than the two that we know about that we talked about, these are some guys that I think could, um, you know, pull the trigger and maybe make an announcement here in the next, you know, month or so. Go ahead, TJ. <clears throat> I mean, position-wise, it seems like a couple offensive linemen, a uh, couple defensive ends, a safety, and then uh, maybe a wide receiver. Uh, you think that's probably what the staff is looking for, barring, you know, some unforeseen developments? Yeah, I mean, right now, if I had to guess, <clears throat> I know at one time they were talking four DNs. I, I don't know if they'll take three more. I think two for sure. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked by three, but I think two. I think um, they're actually they're looking to take two more safeties. So after Maurice Freeman, guys like Damon David from out of the D.C. area, <clears throat> uh, M.J. Daniels from Mississippi, 
Jordan Greer from Georgia. Those are the top guys. Uh, another receiver, maybe two if there's an open spot, but you probably need some attrition. Um, and then two o two o tackles. So Josh tells now they could take three if two guys would commit that they would be willing to take would commit before Josh sales. That seems really unlikely because they'd have to commit in the next two weeks. Um, they would take him no matter what, but yeah. most likely it'll be Josh sales. And then uh, if they get him, Josh sales and somebody else, you know, like I mentioned, Max Merrill, uh, Enrique Cruz out of um, the Chicago area. Um, uh, Isaiah Glass from Arizona. I did a story on him today. He, he made a, came across country and made one of those visits where he just basically walks around campus Recently, he did that, visited a number of schools, and Indiana was one of them. So, yeah, I think you're about right, TJ. Two DNs, a couple safeties, a um, couple low tackles, and then, you know, uh, maybe a receiver. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming on and talking. I know there's a lot of – everybody has a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of them are unanswerable. Our fingers are crossed for some sort of college football season. Hopefully it doesn't start and stop. I'll take the 10 games. Uh, but we are looking out, and we want everybody to be safe uh, and things yeah. like that. And, look, we'll, we'll be fine as a site. We'll figure it out. Um, but we would, uh, we would love college football, but everybody, it would suck to lose somebody um, from COVID. Wear a mask. Because we, wear a mask. We, everybody, yes. wear a mask. Wear a mask. It's not that bad. Wear, it's not, and I, I'm going to have to teach uh, PE when it's 100 degrees outside and <laughs> one, so it's not too bad, um, and, and we'll see. So wear a mask. We'll get college football back eventually, and hopefully everybody stays safe. Um, but thank you guys for, for joining me uh, this evening. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Stay safe, everybody, and hopefully we'll have some Good news in the not-too-distant future. All right, that does it for uh, the Hoosier Huddle podcast this evening. A big thanks to Matt Weaver uh, for jumping on with us today and talking some college football. I know we, we asked a lot of questions that are very, very difficult to answer, um, and we'll see. So keep following HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have all the updates. We don't like to speculate much on what is going to happen or what might happen. Uh, and we'll just put things out as the conference and as IU announces them and things like that. And then we'll get into it. The countdown is continuing until otherwise told. So come back every day. Check out the player of the day uh, and things like that. Also, give us a follow on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle and follow us on Facebook. And we have a final announcement from Armchair Media. Uh, so following the senseless murders of Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Arbery uh, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Floyd, and countless other black community members at the hands of police officers, we want to ensure we do what we can to make a tangible impact on these communities as we grow. Armchair Media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to, assist, to aspiring black creatives. If you've ever been dismissed as having unrealistic, uh, unrealistic career path, if you've ever butted heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your life, if you've feared um, to express yourself or put your work into the world, um, work into the world due to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize that there are creatives out there 
who may have bypassed college to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to college testing, or who did not have access to the financial means to pay for college. This is why um, there are only three requirements for eligibility. You have to be a black creative under the age of 21, and you have to submit a project, whether it's graphic design, photography, writing, audiovisual, journalism, creative writing, uh, or more to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. So a great opportunity from Armchair All Americans, and uh, hopefully they get uh, their applications out and things like that, and we could give everybody an avenue to uh, chase their dreams. All right, that does it for the podcast tonight. Thanks for everybody for listening. We'll be back uh, next week, hopefully with some better news um, and things like that. So take care and good evening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 